Good morning. Um, I come to you this morning in the name of uh, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's gospel is a heavy hitter. It picks up where last week's gospel left off. Jesus is preaching to a great crowd of disciples and, and a great multitude of people standing on a level place, having healed a great number of people as power pulsed through him. Still filled with that power, he speaks to his disciples as a way of life that is a deep challenge to the economy of the current world. Hand over your shirt and your coat when just your coat is demanded. Give to everyone who asks. Offer your other treat when someone strikes you. And pray for someone abusing you. Jesus, are you crazy? A quick Google search of turn the other cheek, the verbal shorthand we often use to refer to this list of commands, reveals a lot of articles offering interpretations of this passage that insist that it is not the intention of Jesus to say anyone should succumb to abuse, which tells me that there are lots of people out there using these verses in that way. This is not how we should be reading this passage. Um, let me pull us back a bit in the Gospel of Luke to last week's reading, where immediately after the healing, Jesus launches into one of the most famous biblical speeches of all time by saying, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. This tells us what this speech is about, the kingdom of God. If this speech is about the kingdom of God, might these instructions have a different context than just personal relationships? Is this about relationships between individuals in a family or people within a community? I think this is about something else, a clash between kingdoms, the kingdom of empire and the kingdom of God. One of the things that is challenging about trying to understand what the kingdom of God is, is that Jesus never comes right out and says what it is. He's often using this really symbolic language um, and employing parables, these stories bursting with metaphor, not meant to be taken literally, yet still speaking crucial truths. The kingdom of God, it's like yeast. And also, it's like a mustard seed that grows a big bush for birds. And it's so wonderful, it's like a pearl that someone pays a lot of money to have. This leaves his followers scratching his heads and saying, Jesus, what are you talking about? In today's gospel, Jesus is trying to tell us how to live within an empire as if the kingdom of God is already here. The relationship he is providing guidance on here is not simply between individuals. It is the clash between the kingdom of God and the ruling powers of the world and how that complicates the relationships between human beings. It is about surviving when a system is so stacked against you, it is abusive. 
It is about maintaining your dignity in the face of constant persecution. And it is about placing your trust in the provision of the Most High God, about knowing that the only reward or repayment that you may receive comes from God, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The gospel is about nonviolence, generosity, and love in the face of aggression. So let's talk about that strike on the cheek. I'm going to start a little bit of biblical excavation here, so I invite you to pick up a pickaxe and come with me. The section of Luke that we are making our way through this week and last week is like a shorter version of a longer speech in the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew, the verse about being struck says, But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Walter Wink, an American theologian and former peace fellow at the United States Institute of Peace, digs into this verse from Matthew in his book, Jesus and Nonviolence. He looks at two aspects, the word translated as do not resist and the mechanics of a right cheek slap. Okay. So the word translated as do not resist is the Greek word, and forgive my pronunciation, any of you who actually know Greek, um, antistemi, antistemi, which comes from two words, anti meaning against and histemi meaning violent rebellion. Wink proposes a different translation than do not resist. He says, um, don't react violently against one who is evil. Implied within this translation is the idea that yes, you have the option to react, just don't react violently. What then does Jesus suggest that we do? Okay, so let's look at this oft-quoted strike on the right cheek. Um, Wink points out that the only way that a person could be slapped on the right cheek with the usual slap is with the left hand. And at the time of Jesus, using your left hand was considered unclean. So you wouldn't use it to slap someone. The only way to slap a right cheek is with the backhanded slap of your right hand. This is the kind of slap not only intended to harm, but humiliate. It is the kind that you use against someone you feel you have power over. Wink writes, why then does he counsel these already humiliated people to turn the other cheek? Because this action robs the oppressor of the power to humiliate. The person who turns the other cheek is saying, in effect, try again. Your first blow failed to achieve its intended effect. I deny you the power to humiliate me. I am a human being just like you. Your status does not alter that fact. You cannot demean me. The striker expects the person being struck will simply succumb. Faced with the left cheek, they could strike again or they could stop. What will they choose? The person being struck forces the striker to either reveal just how violent they are or to put their hand down and acknowledge the humanity of the person they are hitting. This is extremely risky for the person being struck. 
Jesus pushes us to see that sometimes the risk is worth it. So I could now tell you a story that's really inspirational about a paragon of Christian virtue and a fighter for social justice who stood up in the face of systemic oppression and caused the kingdom of God to break through just a little bit more. And there are so many out there that I think that you could find them very easily. The challenge with those stories, however, is that as much as many of us may believe in social movements, the complicated systems they confront impact our everyday lives in ways that are less straightforward than a strike to the face. But there are everyday encounters we have at work, at play, at church, and at home that are such kingdom moments. I've had them myself. I'm sure that you have too. I've seen these moments in conflicts between volunteers and staff. I've seen these moments when a person receiving services from an organization resists having to, yet again, prove their neediness with an unwieldy amount of paperwork. I have seen these moments when a nonprofit organization considers whether to accept a donation from a corporation linked with tobacco sales. I have seen these moments when a colleague and a friend tells me that her meetings with funding prospects sometimes turn uncomfortable and she's had to report donors. I have seen these moments when a patient throws me, a chaplain intern, out of their room simply because I am the first person who walks in without any medical power over them. None of these interactions is as straightforward as the turn the other cheek moments. But there is a clash of kingdoms in each of them. I am sure that all of us can think of a time, whether in work or in school or at play or at church, where the powerful take a swipe at the powerless and the powerful win. In today's gospel, Jesus tells us that doesn't always have to be the case. When we respond to violence and dispossession with love, forgiveness, and prayer, we not only reinforce our own dignity, but push open a crack that lets the kingdom of God break through just a little bit more. Today, I encourage you to think about your own lives and the pressure points where it feels like the kingdom of Jesus is pushing against the kingdom of earth. How can you respond in nonviolent ways that are true to your identity as a loved child of God? How can your actions widen the cracks that let the light of Jesus shine into our world? Uh, I invite you to think about that for a moment now, and then open your heart to God so God may guide you to the action that allows for the kingdom of God to break in.